Welcome back to another episode of One Penny at a Time. I am your host, Harris Elliott. Welcome back to another week on the podcast. For those who are the first time or have been here only a couple times, um, this podcast is all about tracking my investing dividend journey, as well going over some topics in the market and having some amazing guests. If you are a regular listen listener, welcome back. As always, thank you so much for your support and your contributions to the growth of this podcast. If you do like what you hear, make sure to give it a subscribe to your podcast provider. Leave me a rating if you haven't done so. If you do enjoy this podcast, maybe even if, even if you don't enjoy this podcast, right? I'd rather you be honest. Uh, but if you do enjoy the podcast, uh, leave me a rating. That does help get this out there more into the algorithm. Gives me an opportunity to be able to meet more investors around the world. Before we go over today's topic, um, I'm going to do a quick shout out here for some links that um, that I find useful, and then we'll go over into today's topic. So um, SoFi is the investing platform that I use. They recently just announced a 1% match into any retirement account up to December 31st, so either a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA. Um, that was a pretty nice surprise. Um, if you don't have a Roth or a traditional um, 1% match is better than nothing. I know Robinhood is the other one that has done this. I think they do a 1% match if you're not gold, 3% match if you are a gold member. So I like that more brokerages are helping people by maximizing their contributions and adding that little bit. Like I said, that 1%, one penny at a time, as we like to call it. Um, I am going to leave a referral link to SoFi in the bottom of the show notes. Um, please note that I did read the terms and conditions. It has to be new funds deposited into the account. Um, if you're transferring from one broker to the other, it does not count. Also, um, I do have a link at the bottom below for the dividend tracker. Um, a lot of the stats that I've actually prepared for this episode today is using the charting and tools that I have for my paid subscription through them. Um, really easy to use tool. Also has a mobile app. Um, I'll leave a link in the show notes below. Also, the graphics that I'll be sharing on social media this week are from the Dividend Tracker. So I've actually never really sat down to really look at this fully. So I thought, you know what? I haven't really talked about this in the podcast. So why not make a quick little episode about it? So right now, we have 21 total holdings in this portfolio with a projected annual dividend income um, up to about $339.43. I wanted to see... What is the top five income providers in my portfolio? Calculate weight of the top five, compare them to where my top five is by uh, portfolio weight, and some other little bit stats. Um, what I'm going to be doing here in my top five, I'm just going to give small little snippets. I'm not going to give a lot of full detail into the into the holdings. I'll give like a couple pointers and then give some thoughts in the end. So let's go ahead. So let's start off first. The top five in weight in my portfolio currently is number one, SCHD, number two, VTI, which tracks the total market. Realty income is number three. VG properties is number four. Johnson & Johnson is number five. Now, are some of these going to make my top five in income? Are all of these going to make it in my top five? It's definitely not gonna, the answer is that uh, none of them is that's not the answer because um, SCHD is so heavily weighted in the portfolio and so is realty income. So let's go over some stats here. 
Obviously, my number one income provider into my portfolio is SCHD. I currently have 36.88 shares. As of the last trading date, it was trading at $69.29. Projected, it brings $96.57 into the portfolio yearly. This accounts for 29.03% of my income driven in by dividends into the portfolio. If with my drip currently on into this into the holdings, I can drip 1.40 shares a year. This is the right now the only position in my portfolio that I can drip over a share a year. I want to get to the position where I can do this quarterly. But we're getting there, right? Um, the fact that I have something dripping one full share over a full share across a year, I'm happy with that with the progress. Um, SCHD, you know, it's the, uh, they call it the dividend darling in the DivTwit community. It has so many nicknames. Also, it also has a lot of people who, do not, who don't like it. For me, though, the fund does what it needed to do. So I'm just going to go over the top 10 holdings in this ETF, which are Amgen, Advi, Chevron, Pepsi, Merck. Pfizer, Coca-Cola, Broadcom, Verizon, Texas Instruments. Texas Instruments actually just recently had a 5% dividend increase. I think it was either Thursday or Friday. So one thing why SCHD has been performing horribly this year, and I'm not going to lie, it's not been the best. If you look at the last year, it's only down about 1.16% if you want to look at it from last October, but year to date, it's not not the sexiest if I'm going to be honest. That's due to if we look at the holdings in here, Verizon, Coca-Cola, Pfizer, Merck, Pepsi, Advi have really not done that good this year. Um, anything in the banking, uh, consumer staples, utilities, and then in the medical field has not really done well this year in the market. Also, there has been some correction in the market over the last month. Um, so kind of a lot of a driving factors, but if SCHD under $70, I think it's always a good opportunity to dollar cost average into the long term, And that's kind of where I'm at with that. Realty income is my number two, as far as income into the portfolio. I currently have 15.76, 15.76 shares as of last trading dates, trading at $49 and 35 cents. I currently bring in $48.42. This accounts for 14.56% of my portfolio, averaging almost almost a whole share based off this current share price, 0.98 shares that I'm dripping across the year. Um, obviously, Realty Income is another one that has not done well over the last year. Um, REITs, um, high interest rates and in this kind of environment, REITs do not perform well. And I'm okay with that, right? I look, when I'm looking at the REITs, I'm looking at, is there any change to the way they do business and what's being driven into the business? Uh, they still have a 99% occupancy rate. Um, they have been they have been an amazing performer. If you look at it on a 25-year performance, if you look at the chart in the last five years, has not been the best, but I'm what I'm looking at here is long-term growth, into my income play for this. Now, keep in mind, realty income is not a qualified dividend. It, this is taxed at your regular 
tax bracket, depending on what bracket you are based off your income. So that's why I keep about 95% of this in my Roth IRA to prevent taxes from affecting my future outcome into this. Um, Realty income, if you look at their uh, their top their top 10 as far as like uh, businesses that they have these leasing with, they are pretty diversified and that's really important. Um, they do have like a lot of gas stations, they have pharmacies, supermarkets is one of the heavier plays for them. So they have been able to at least diversify the different types of businesses. Now they do have a little bit of exposure, some cyclical businesses, which is something to keep an eye of, but we'll go from there, right? Number three in the portfolio, Vici Properties. I currently have 16.38 shares. As of last trading day, it was trading at $27.51. Right now, I bring in $27.19 into the portfolio annually. That accounts for 8.17% of the total portfolio's uh, dividend income. Right now, if I was to drip this per year, we're at 0.93 shares, so almost a full share. Vici is also another one that has dropped over the last like month, month and a half. What's crazy with Vici is there hasn't been any change to the business. It's just with the correction and with the high interest rates, right? Um, recently in the news with Vici's, they are actually doing another acquisition. They're acquiring 38 bowling entertainment centers from Bolero Corp. The really cool thing about this acquisition is that they can complete this with the cash they have on hand without diluting shareholders. So a big way that REITs, Real Estate Investment Trust, gains capital to be able to keep making these acquisitions is by creating more shares, which dilutes the shareholder. So I like that Vici has been able to make this acquisition, hopefully without making some dilution and they have the cash on hand. We'll see how this plays out. Uh, Vici on the five-year chart, Looks great. It has amazing dividend growth, um, and I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna continue seeing that dividend growth because I expect Vici to still perform well. Um, we'll see how this all plays out with you know the. What I feel like it's been like the forever looming recession. Um, gaming has been doing really good as far as the business model for it, and I see this as an opportunity. Right, I was excited for Vici when I was buying it in the 32s. I'm going to be even more excited being able to buy this in the low 27s. So we'll keep an eye on to that. Number four, this one was actually pretty surprising. Main Street Capital. I have six shares. As of last trading date, 39.03 was the last uh, price for trading. I bring in $16.92 a year. This accounts for 5.09% of my income in the portfolio. Right now, if I drip it yearly, I'm looking at about 0.52 shares. What's really fun for this one, Main Street Capital is number 12 in my portfolio weighting. So that one actually did get me by surprise. This is another monthly payer. It is a BDC, business development company, kind of the same as Realty Income and Vici. Um, they're not qualified dividends. So this is something that you may want to keep in a tax deferred or tax advantage account. Main Street is actually one I have in my taxable account, and I need to make sure that I do build this out carefully by making a balance into putting some into the Roth and putting some into the taxable. Um, overall, with Main Street Capital, they provide loans for private businesses or businesses that may not get big bo- big loans from bigger institutions. What I do like is that if you look at their loan portfolio, 
Um, I believe no no sector or business type sector accounts for more than three three to four percent on total weight. So they are very diversified. They have a proven track record of not only paying a consistent dividend, but they are consistently giving quarterly special dividends. So overall, Main Street Capital is twelve percent. I'm sorry, twelve in my weighting. I don't want to make this a high weighted position because I'd rather build out more long term positions such as like Johnson and Johnson, Starbucks, waste management, things of that nature, more blue chip companies. Also for Main Street Capital, gotta shout out my man Lanny from the Dividend Diplomats. He's been a a guest on this podcast back in the month of August, he actually just started a position in Main Street Capital with 12 shares this past Friday, hit his price target. So congrats on the new holding, Lanny. Last one I'm going to talk about here, and then I'll give my final thoughts. My number five income driver in the portfolio is Ally Financial. Um, I have 13.18 shares as of the last trading day. It was trading at $24.05. This currently brings in $15.82 a year. That's 4.76% of the portfolio's income. Right now, I drip 0.65 shares a year. So with Ally Financial, there's a couple things that I want to talk about here. Um, Ally is in a tough sector. for Financials have been getting a little bit crushed over the last year. Allies, they just had a earning report come out. It actually did pretty good, in my opinion. I thought it, I was expecting it to be a little bit worse. But some things that I want to keep some track here with Ally. Um, there was a, str- uh, a fall in price over the last month. Um, their CEO for nine years, Jeff Brown, is stepping down to be the president over the Hendrick Automotive Group. Um not necessarily a bad thing, right? And I know some CEOs like to move on, take some new challenges. He was with the company for 14 years. So I know right now they're doing a global search for a new CEO. Nothing has been announced yet. So we'll see who they're going to plug in for that position. Currently right now with Ally, uh, when I was looking through the earning report, fun fact, 66% of their auto loans are in the used um, auto department. So that was pretty good. And also... What I like about Ally currently at this pricing, I feel like it's discounted based on its book value. So I like that about Ally. Ally currently has a 5% yield, has six years of consecutive uh, dividend growth, but I do think that this one is going to break off this year as they haven't announced a dividend increase and I don't think they will for this year. They have been trying to cut back on some expenses, which I think is good to be preemptive about these things. So Ally did announce some layoffs. Um, with the layoffs that they have announced, they are projected to save $80 million for 2024. Also, um, Ally is still in growth mode by trying to expand their their products or the type of loans and other type of products that they're offering to their to, to their consumers, right? To the banking, banking customers. Another thing with Ally, five-year dividend CAGR of 17.56%. Obviously, we look at this in the past performance is great. We'll see how, if we don't do a dividend increase right now, how that plays out. But still, yielding 5% pays $0.30 every quarter. I'm still happy with this position. Um, Obviously, the the bigger risk with Ally is their heavy exposure in the automotive industry. We'll see if uh, pricing on used cars starts going down as demand starts dwindling down. And we'll see how that plays out. A big thing that I always keep with Ally is a high-risk, high-reward play. Allies loan that they're doing out for people. They're not people with perfect credit. Um, it's kind of like that 
high low to mid tier credit so they are getting a pretty good uh interest rate back on the vehicles however if that vehicle was to be a total loss um a lot of those loans could be underwater which may create difficulties on their you know things on the books if that car was a total so something to keep in mind there so final thoughts um ally was actually number eight on my waiting so that was one i kind of expected maybe to reach the top five due to the yield um one thing I do want to say is I think that if I look at my top five in, you know, with with the uh, income that's coming into the portfolio, this accounts for 61.61%. I think I need to diversify this a little bit more. Also, REITs are too heavily involved in my top five. So that's something I want to work on and lowering. Also, another thing is... um. Non-qualified dividends are a big, heavy factor into my top five, into the income, something I also need to bring down. So obviously, I still continue to add to all these positions. But right now, with the conditions that the market has been providing to us, I want to be able to add to Lowe's, Starbucks, Johnson & Johnson, McDonald's, blue chip companies that are in the red. And i rather take an opportunity to build out a long-term position than trying to get maybe dollar cost averaging to higher yielding stuff now. So that's something that I have in mind once I'm able to make some contributions. I am excited. Um, I know next month, the only reason why I'm not making crazy contributions is I have a home project I'm doing. We just got some quotes on that and it actually wasn't as much as I thought it was going to be. So excited for that home project. And that's all I have for today's episode. I kept it pretty basic. Um, I might do this again maybe sometime next year if the top five drastically changes then i'll maybe revisit this type of topic let me know um either by email or through the you can actually leave a like a comment through spotify if you like this kind of topic um if you'd like to see something like this again in the future um always open the trying new things in the podcast as we've hit over 60 episodes and we're going to continue on until we reach 100 100 episodes 200 episodes 500 episodes we'll see how far we get As always, thank you so much for your time. You're going to reach that goal one penny at a time, and I will see you on the next one.